Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Monday morning Labor Day edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. I am Adam Azer. And I am joined by my three best friends, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. Everyone's here. They are all up in Connecticut doing a HQ out of the Stanford studio this week. So I'll tell you about that in a bit. But, guys, let's say you're drafting tonight. And I'm sure maybe all of you are drafting tonight. I'm sure at least one of you is. When are you going to draft Ezekiel Elliott? Or, you know what, not tonight. Let's say you're drafting right now and he hasn't signed his contract yet. When are you going to draft Zeke? Not first overall. Not second overall. Not third overall. Fourth overall. Why? Because it sounds like he's going to sign so, pretty soon. So why four? He wasn't four for you before this stuff. It but. still only sounds like. We don't know if he's playing week one. Okay. I also don't know if he's going to play week one even if he does sign. Really? Yeah. Jerry Jones kind of hinted at this. He said that he expects him to miss a couple of games at this point. And when you stop and think about it, it makes sense. They're about to make him... Let's just say the highest paid running back in NFL history. Do you really want to rush him back on the field and open him up to a small, well, medium injury if he's only getting a couple of days to practice after sitting out a month? Well, especially since like we saw it with college football over the weekend. Most of these big programs like the Cowboys start off with a couple of one double A opponents in the first <laughs> couple of weeks. And that's what the Cowboys are doing. That's what the Florida Gators did. I mean, it's you know <laughs> it's uh, it should be easy to win without Zeke. Heath, I'm I'm offended by that. Don't don't <laughs> devalue Florida's win. right. You're cheapening their schedule. You earned it. You earned it, Heath. Way to go. Jamie, when would you take uh Ezekiel Elliott? Fourth. Okay. But you, you can kind of understand what I'm saying. Like, if you guys are willing to take him fourth, then why not just you – because know, I, I feel like before this whole holdout thing, he was higher than fourth. So if you're willing to take him fourth, why not just move him back to, to where he was before? I, I, I could see third and none. Yeah, I'm still taking the other three guys just because I, my fear – it's always been this with holdouts that there's going to be some setback because of something soft tissue related. Hamstring – calf, whatever the case may be, you know, hopefully that's not the case because he's been working out in Cabo with Marshall Falk, which I can't, that's great. I can't, you know, think of a better training regimen for any NFL player than working out in Cabo. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hopefully he's fine. Hopefully there's no issues. Uh, I agree with Dave. I don't think we're going to see him in week one. Um, even if he signs, you know, the, the day for, for me for having him in week one would be Wednesday. He's got to be in the facility by Wednesday going through practice. Then I think you see him week one. Because I don't think they're going to, like, to Dave's point, risk him going out there and uh, and doing damage for what the investment they're about to make in him. Not not only that, but obviously for what they're going to use for him for the season. Okay, cool. So uh, do you still draft Tony Pollard? And when do you draft Tony Pollard? Are you only the Zeke owner if you're drafting Tony Pollard? I don't think it's a bad idea to draft Pollard two or three rounds later than he was going, which was anywhere around 8 through 10, depending on how your league was was viewing him. So uh, as early, I think, as round 10 or 11, and you know anywhere after that is fine. Yeah, I've got him in the round 11, round 12 range. There, there's a lot of young, exciting backup running backs. Um, I would take him behind Justice Hill still, but I'd probably take – I think I'd take him before Darwin. Uh, I'd take Darwin ahead of him, but they're both like – right on the round 10, 11 fence for me. This is the best news of all if you're going to take Zeke in round one. 
before I was talking about you got to take Tony Pollard in round eight. You got to lock him up. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think as many other fantasy managers are going to take a chance on Pollard in that round nine range. So you can wait a little bit longer to get him. And you can start him week one because that matchup against the Giants is going to be maybe. sweet. Maybe you could start him week one. Let's not. It's not an absolute. Obviously, well, as plays, of now, you're definitely starting him week one. If he's, because if he's the starter, he's a top twelve running. If he's the starter, yeah. I mean, it, this could be. They've taken steps to upgrade their run defense. They drafted Dexter Lawrence, but gosh, the Giants were. I think they're just going to have one of the worst defenses in football. So this could be a great situation for Pollard. But don't draft him thinking I've got my Week One starter because we don't know if Zeke's playing right now. But obviously, it's a possibility. And then last question, I'll just wrap up the Cowboys here. And then we're gonna obviously we're gonna talk about everything we talked about in the two bonus episodes. But let's we'll do it again and and put a little bow on it. Um, do you think Tony Pollard has a role? in a way that we've never seen a second running back have with Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to think like how many touches the number two back got last year. Mm, I, because I don't really think he's going to have a, a, a fantasy relevant role by any stretch. Right. No. But um, five touches per game. So Rod Smith had 53 touches last year, which is almost four <laughs> per game. Oh my gosh, that's that's incredible! That's incredible. So maybe a better question is: if it's not fantasy relevant, do you think that Zeke, who was on pace in the 16 games with the in the games with Amari Cooper when he started really catching the ball a lot, he was on pace for like 430 touches, which is just insane. Do you think he's going to be on a 350 touch pace, Ezekiel Elliott? Oh yeah. Okay, four hundred yeah. touches? No, not quite. All right, so he's still going to lead the league in touches per game, unless Leonard Fournette plays sixteen games. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, today on the show, uh, we are going to you know go over all the all the news from over the weekend. I don't know if you heard the bonus episodes. I don't know if you like the bonus episodes. It's kind of a new thing, right? Like I, I don't want to kind of uh, throw a whole bunch of shows in your feed and and annoy you. I don't know how people listen to podcasts exactly. Um, can, can I can I make a, a guess? Probably much? with the sound on. I yeah. would assume everyone's going to email and tweet you now saying, Adam, you can never give us too many podcasts. Well, you know, that's so here's the here's my concern, right? Because most people are still listening on Apple, although I know we're transitioning to Spotify and, and the CastBox and all these other Stitcher, all these great apps. Um, you know, Apple, it seems like the episode listing is not my favorite. So I worry that some episodes get buried when I publish like a bonus episode and you might miss something. You might miss the Chris Harris IDP episode. Um, but look, I, I saw the download numbers. A lot of people obviously listened to what we did on Saturday with Ben Gretsch and then which some of it was quickly outdated because LaShawn McCoy signed with the Chiefs on Sunday. So we recorded one with Dave. But if you missed any of that, I hope it was helpful if you heard it. If you missed it, we'll go over everything today. We'll talk about when these guys should be drafted, when they are being drafted based on yesterday uh, on NFBC, uh, on NFC, excuse me, NFFC. Um, so anyway, that's coming up. Plus, if we have time, we're going to go through each round and talk about league winners, who could win you your league in each round, and a little bit of week one talk, some week one streamers. Which of the which of the quarterbacks in the Jets-Bills game is a better streamer this week? Is Matthew Stafford worth streaming? We'll talk about that. Um, all right, and today's sponsors are FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. And Lightstream, Lightstream.com slash FFT. Get a credit card consolidation loan at a great price. And FanDuel's starting up. I've already got a week one lineup set. I'm going to make a few more. Um, all right, so Twitter poll on DeAndre Hopkins. I said 
how concerned are you about DeAndre Hopkins after the Kenny Stills uh, acquisition? Let me just get the exact wording up. Uh, not at all. Slightly concerned. Medium concerned. And in all caps, very freaking concerned. And not at all is running away with it with 89% of the votes so far. About 2,300 votes. Um, a fresh Twitter poll out there. Oh, that's a good response. That's good. I like that. So nobody's concerned. How about very few people are concerned? Um, how about you guys? Are you concerned about DeAndre Hopkins at all? Are you dropping him at all? No, no way. Uh, he is down a couple of. Concerned is the wrong word. I've got him still like catching a hundred passes for fourteen hundred yards, but he did drop a couple of spots in my rankings because it was very very close at the top between him and Julio and Juju. I think the Kenny Still signing makes it less likely that we have a stretch where either Kiki or Fuller or both are injured and Hopkins is seeing 35 to 40% of the team's targets. And that was just enough for me to lower him below those guys. But he's still outstanding. He's still right in the same tier. And I still understand if you want to take him fifth overall. QT's already hurt and Stills could replace him in the slot. But ultimately, I think the Dolphins made it a condition on trading Tunsil because Stills had some things to say about the Dolphins owner that weren't very flattering. So I almost wonder if the Dolphins said, okay, you want to make a deal for Tunsil, you also have to take Kenny Stills off our team, too. And if you're the Texans, you're thrilled about that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Kenny Stills is very good. Yeah, I. so Heath, we talked about this on uh, HQ yesterday. And by the way, CBS Sports HQ, watch Fantasy Football Today, live noon Eastern all week. And then three hours before kickoff on Sunday, CBS Sports HQ, all the fantasy football coverage and gambling coverage at times that you can handle. And I made Adam so mad. Why? What did you, you know you? with my Kenny Stills, Will oh, Fuller take? stupid thing. Like, what did you say, that they're the same guy? Yes. No, in a vacuum, like just in a vacuum, Kenny Stills is currently a better NFL receiver than Will Fuller. No, he isn't. Like that, he is. How could you say that? First off. A more step, accomplished receiver? Sure. He's had like step, five more step years. one. He's a more available receiver. What's the best ability? He, Will Fuller's going to play in week one. Have you not seen this? Will Fuller is playing in week one. Stop acting like he's hurt. He's not hurt. He's playing. No, he's not hurt yet. He is. Are you acting like Will Fuller is not injury prone? I. You know what? I, no, I'm not. He's injury prone, but he's playing. Okay. He's playing. He's playing week one. How many games are you going to project him for? 13. Okay. And he'll still put up better numbers low. than Kenny Stills. He'll oh. still put up better numbers than Kenny. In Stills. thirteen games, he better. He will. Well, he, I. Well, I mean, now we get the same. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's no. Okay, this guy is this quarterback. This guy's got this circumstance. You're gonna find out. Right. You're gonna find out really quick. Let's, let's see if he can break that 700 yard barrier. Yeah. Well, he was, he was on pace for more than a thousand yards, and Kenny Stills has never done that. So I just think, like, I don't. Kenny Stills is a good player. Will Fuller is a better version of Kenny Stills. Uh, I, I don't want to keep mentioning this, but on the radio show that we do on Saturday night, I talked to Brian T. Smith from the Chronicle and I asked him, is Will Fuller going to be the second best wide receiver on the Texans? And he said, if he's healthy, not even a question. So as many, as many times as you've told me that you talked to Brian T. Smith, I was wondering if you mentioned to Brian T. Smith that you met Bill Clinton. <laughs> I don't think I told the football audience that I met Bill Clinton, but I met Bill Clinton. It was a pretty amazing moment. You know, what's life. funny is that I did a segment of the radio show with Adam and I know that he was talking to. Brian. Yeah, no, it was important. It was a very, it was, it was a big, big moment for me. It was I thought right I, behind the way that. First off, you didn't even say goodbye to me. You kicked me off the show before I could even really know, say goodbye to you. Bye, and Jamie. then you, uh, you, um, you, you talked about Brian T. Smith. I thought it was like a relative of yours. The way you were 
speaking about it. All right, all right. He's my cousin. Jeez, I'm trying to pump him up and get his Twitter. Fight. Now, uh, by the way, don't don't. Uh, th- that was not a political thing at all. Uh, it was just any president. I don't know if you've ever met a president. To me, it was like pretty amazing. Okay, moving on. Sorry, you got to be careful this day and age. Um, so DeAndre Hopkins on the NFFC draft still going fifth. Heath, I think you're crazy for downgrading him. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to troll you a little bit. I've had Juju projected as my number one receiver for most of the summer, so I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess let's wrap up the Texans wide receivers. Uh, who do you think Kenny Stills hurts, if anyone? QT. Uh, um, the most, I would say, like, I don't know that QT really needs to be drafted other than I want to draft him and hold him and hope something happens. Uh, but you could say the same thing about Stills. Fuller needs to be dropped down a little bit, for sure. Yes. I'm not convinced that Stills is going to be a big factor. Yeah, it's it's tough to join a new team and, you know, thrive. I know Amari Cooper did it, but sure. Kelvin Benjamin did not. Golden Tate was awful. But he's not being asked to, you know, lead this receiving corps by any stretch. No, but neither was Golden Tate. Right, so he's going to be a complimentary player in the offense, which isn't going to necessarily mean good things in fantasy. Last year, he was a key player in the Dolphins offense, and he only had five games with double-digit PPR fantasy points. He had Adam Mazur throwing in the ball. Uh, I know. But uh, he's going to be no better. The only way he'll be the number two receiver in this offense is when Fuller and QT are both hurt. He had Adam Mazur throwing him the ball, yet that same Adam Mazur is now on the Titans, and you're begging for him to take over for Mariota, so your Corey Davis pick can look good, a sleeper pick can I'm, look good. I'm not begging for that at all. Mariota's a lot better than Ryan Tunnel. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if he is as a thrower. Uh, all right, so let's go to let's go to Damian Williams. Let's go to the Chiefs situation here, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out names as they appear as they appear on the draft board, and you stop me when you would take Damian Williams over this player. All right, here what, we go. What what format are we in? I'll go full PPR. Okay. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram. Stop. You'd take Damian Williams over Mark Ingram? I would. Okay. David Montgomery. Stop. Dave, we could, you could already stop. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm waiting for JB and Heath. Uh, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack. Tevin Coleman, James White. Stop. Stop. Wow, you guys are taking Marlon Mack over Damian Williams in PPR? Absolutely. Wow. It's like wow. there were a couple of names. I didn't stop you there because there are a couple of names that are being drafted um, before I think they should be in PPR, but I knew what range of ADP they were going, and I wouldn't draft Damian Williams at that range of ADP, so I didn't say stop. So I didn't really participate in your game the way I was supposed to, but Wait. there were also names that were sit, that haven't been said yet that I would take over Damian Williams. Such as? And P- full PPR, Tariq Cohen, and also Philip Lindsay. Okay, this is, this is really interesting. All right, let's get into it here. How are you guys feeling about Damian Williams? Dave is apparently higher on Damian Williams than, than Heath and Jamie are. And Jamie, I think you're the only one that I haven't heard from because uh, I talked to Heath about it on HQ. I talked to Dave about it on this podcast on Sunday. So I'll let you start with your thoughts on LaShawn McCoy signing with Kansas City and what it means. I mean, it stinks. You know, uh, obviously Damian Williams looked like he was going to be the full-time starter. He should still be the starter, but this is going to be a timeshare. You know, you don't bring McCoy in for the money that they're paying him, which is $2.5 million more guaranteed money than they gave Damian Williams in December. So it, it, 
it's Andy Reid getting a guy that he's comfortable with, and he's going to use him. And he's still going to use Darwin Thompson, too. It's probably better than both of them. Oh, okay. Heath, Dave? I, I have a similar opinion to Jamie. I think, Dave, like we were, we're right back to where we were six months ago when we first released rankings, and Dave was the high guy and the mm-hmm. true believer in Damian Williams. So uh, Dave, full circle. Dave's, Dave's, <laughs> yeah. Dave's rehearsed this well. He is ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I didn't get the memo that LaShawn McCoy was a good running back and that Damian Williams did something wrong to lose the starting job. Is he going to lose touches? There's no doubt about it. And Andy Reid has built-in trust with LaShawn McCoy. He remembers him from his days in Philadelphia. It all makes sense. But Damian Williams looked – he looked good in the very limited time that we saw him in the preseason. I just think that he's why going do to this, be though? the primary guy. What? Then why do this? Why do what? Why go spend money on a Because guy? they wanted to get another running back that they trusted. I think this speaks more to how they feel about Darwin Thompson and Daryl Williams than it does Damian Williams. I don't because know. they got rid of Carlos I think it Hyde. speaks volumes to how they feel about all these guys. I think they would have brought in another running back much earlier in the process if they didn't trust He Damian wasn't available. LaShawn McCoy wasn't, but they had the whole NFL draft to go and get another running and back. And they did. They, they, they had got a six-round pick they, with Darwin They had Thompson. no first-round pick. So what are they going to do? They had limited they, options. Uh, they had a second-round pick, a third-round pick. They could have signed somebody in free And they agency. got the guy that they wanted in the sixth round. They did get a guy that they wanted. Well, you he's think good. they liked I him think, at, like, as a second-round grade, though? going to wipe out Darwin Thompson. I think he's going to make it annoying for both those guys. I think Damian Williams is going to be the easy passing-downs guy and short-yardage guy and starter. The short-yardage is the question mark, I think. That's the big one. You're going to give that to LaShawn McCoy? I, I don't know why. Dave, and this is this is what I said yesterday Maybe on the show. Maybe he got 17 touchdowns out of LaShawn McCoy. I don't, necess- I don't really care. Ago how good LaShawn McCoy is right, right now. 100%. It doesn't matter. That's the argument we made for Damian Williams. We're like, well, we've only seen half a season of 27-year-old Damian Williams look like a starting running back. We're not sure how good he is, but it doesn't matter because it's Kansas City. If Andy Reid trusts LaShawn McCoy and thinks that he's good enough to give the ball to, that system is going to be good enough to make LaShawn McCoy look good. I put up a Twitter poll yesterday, will, okay. and I'm not sure that... I, I think that we would all agree on this, but it's just a hypothetical... Andy Reid, for whatever reason, maybe Damian Williams pulls a hamstring. Maybe Andy Reid just decides this. But Andy Reid decides, you know what? LaShawn McCoy is my starting running back. And I'm going to give LaShawn McCoy 15, 17 touches a game. Where would where do you think LaShawn McCoy finishes if he gets 17 touches a game? And plays 16 games? Yeah. Top 20 15, 15 games. Oh, my God. If he plays top 15 games? Oh, top 10. <laughs> yeah. He's probably a top five running back. Sure. Maybe. Um, but top 10, top sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, only say. 29% but of people still... said top 10. But the, the point is that I don't think it's a situation where they give LaShawn McCoy seven or eight touches in week one and he's going to look bad. Right. It's hard to look bad in this system. Which well, is why I think Damian Williams still carries the most value because I think he's going he to get more He absolutely does carry touches. the most value, but it's comparing him to those other guys and he loses value significantly compared to all of them. Every single one. Unless Dave thinks I, that LaShawn McCoy think is... I a lot of the other running backs that we're talking about are going to share just as much as he is, if not more. And he's on the better offense. So when we're talking about him and lining him up versus Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, who are Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. Lindsay's going to share with two guys and his offense sucks. So I'm taking Damian Williams uh, ahead of him every single time. Now, I'm not reaching for him. Again, let's go back to the full circle thought. Damian Williams at one point was, my, was a second-round running back for me. Now I see his ADP sliding into round four. I like that. I'm going to get him in round four. I don't even think he's worth a round three pick. But I do think that he's going to be significantly better than LaShawn McCoy. 
and I think he'll be I think he'll be thrilled drafting him in round four. Okay. My, and if you've already drafted Damian Williams, don't be shy about um, starting him as a number two running back this week. I'm fine. I, I don't necessarily disagree with no, most I agree with of everything that. you said. The problem for me, and we talked about this yesterday when somebody was ask, asking about LaShawn McCoy Fab on Twitter, um, and Dave and I had pretty different answers on that as well. Ben Gretsch has talked about how we don't deal with uncertainty very well. And there is a huge amount of uncertainty right now with the Kansas City running backs. I am, I think the, the range of possibilities for Williams, for McCoy, and even for Darwin Thompson is really hard to kind of deal with. And so I'm more willing to spend more to go get McCoy just on the chance that if he does get the chance, he's probably going to be a star. Not to send this whole conversation on a major tangent, but we're talking about fantasy football running backs. They all have uncertainty. But this, there's a lot more in Kansas City after this acquisition compared than there was. To, like, the Giants, compared to Kansas sure. City last on Friday, I guess. Yeah, sure. there is because you're is. adding a whole other compared body to in there. like almost every running back in the top twenty. For me, I think there's more uncertainty. I think that's fair, and I think if you look at Damian Williams and the carries that he had in the last six games of the season, including the postseason, and that's when he really started erupting. He only had one game with more than 13 carries. He had 8, 10, 13, 11, 10, and 25. So that's an average of 12.8 uh, per game. That's a pace of 205. But, but you know, it's less than 12.8 if you, if you get the 25 carries out of there. I mean, I don't know if he should, but for the most part, he was like an 11-carry guy. And the catches, he was on pace for 64 catches. He was getting five or more catches, you know, fairly routinely, which is great. So, you know, can, do you see a scenario where he's getting 17 touches a game, Damian Williams? Yeah. No. No. Not if everybody's healthy. Okay. Like, I can see a scenario, but it, it not. I don't expect that. Yeah, I, I wonder. I Man, I do wonder how it's going to shape up, but... If if we let Damian Williams fall too far and LaShawn McCoy, who is 31, has averaged a career low in yards per carry two straight seasons. Yep. And and, and gets hurt. Great. And it's, got you know that's got hurt a lot last year. Like how many fair. times did he did he like limp off, off the, field, the field? Right. He's been doing it for the last five years. It happens all the time. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But obviously there's so much downside. So Dave's comfortable with Damian Williams in round four. Heath and Jamie, how about you guys? Five. Round five in non-PPR, I'd be okay with round four in PPR. Okay, yeah, and you got to figure his value is going to be pretty different in PPR and non-PPR. Uh, I will ask you about LaShawn McCoy, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, when you're going to take these guys, uh, and anything else. That, oh, Heath has Kenyon Drake ranked ahead of of Damian Williams. We need to talk about that. And is that in both formats, in all formats, or just PPR? I would actually be okay if the Dolphins tried to trade for LaShawn McCoy and make him an offensive lineman because their line is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll be right back on Fantasy they, Football they, today. Uh, they are officially the best at tanking that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen, you, you're obviously not a Knicks fan. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. No, no, they're going to actually today. be the Knicks are pretty bad at it. <laughs> we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
So now I know how you feel about Damian Williams. How do you feel about Duke Johnson? Uh, who, yo, so Duke Johnson's obviously going ahead of of Carlos Hyde, of LaShawn McCoy. But let's talk, let's do a Duke Johnson, Devin Singletary debate here, guys. And how do you feel about those two? I prefer Duke Johnson in both formats. I don't know that there's really going to be a big difference in the number of touches that these two backs get. I think Duke Johnson's a very talented back. I expect a higher percentage of his touches to be catches. Those are more valuable. Um, Duke Johnson's a just borderline top 30 running back for me. And Singletary is more in the uh, low end number three, high end number four range. I'm just not convinced. Like we talked about it yesterday, Adam. I, I think Frank Gore is probably the starting running back week one. TJ Yeldon's still there and a pretty good pass catching back. I'm not convinced that Devin Singletary has a huge workload until mid-year. I, I disagree. I think that they got rid of LaShawn McCoy specifically because Devin Singletary, they, the coaches were comfortable with Devin Singletary in all facets of the game. I don't know if he's going to, he won't be the starter. I think that makes sense. But once he starts making plays in September, he's going to get rushed into the field in a pretty big role. I'll still take Duke in PPR. I think the catches will favor him. And I didn't move Duke Johnson down at all because I figured that the Texans would go and get somebody to take some work off his plate. So now we know how the Texans sort of view Duke Johnson. In non-PPR, I'll take Singletary. I think that there's a lot more upside. And what I keep thinking about is how does how, what is the difference between Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary? The Eagles are good. Yeah, that's why I have Sanders ranked higher. But they're almost in the exact same situation where they're going to begin the year sharing carries with running backs that we look at and go, ew. And then we expect them to break away from the ew running backs and become capable starters for our team. So I've got, I've got Singletary right behind Sanders as a, as a number three fantasy running back high end in, uh, in non-PPR and closer to mid-pack number three running back in full PPR. Can I just ask, what about half PPR? Who would you take, Duke or Singletary? Uh, Duke for me in all formats. Probably Duke. All right, Jamie, where do you come out on this? Uh, it's similar. I, I think Duke's in a better situation, uh, just given who he's sharing with, what the offense is. Um, I do think that Singletary is going to eventually take over the role. It, I, I think the Miles Sanders comparison is fantastic because both guys probably going to be having to sort of prove themselves early in the year, and then both guys can show that they're the best talent on their rosters. But um, I, it was always going to be a timeshare in Buffalo, no matter who was going to be the the three main guys. I think a lot of us probably figured they were going to get rid of TJ Eldon, not McCoy. Um, so, you know, just looking at it from Singletary's standpoint, uh, Yeldon probably has a little bit of a lead on the passing downs role. Gore has a little bit of a lead on the rushing downs role. Uh, not to say that they're better than Singletary by any stretch, but, um, you know, the Texans bringing in Carlos Hyde is, uh, I think, a needed move, um, but I don't think he's going to kick Duke Johnson off the field. I think this is going to be a career year for Duke Johnson. All right, let's, so Singletary in NFFC drafts, just from yesterday, basically. Singletary is now going 79th overall, just before Darius Geis, just after Kenyon Drake and Tariq Cohen, and not really that close to Miles Sanders. He's 16 picks behind Miles Sanders. Uh, Duke Johnson is going 62nd overall. And um, I don't know if, I don't know, I'm not really too familiar, guys, with uh, NFFC, but I don't know that this has like a PPR. This might be just all their drafts. I'm not sure about the format. Or are they all PPR? I think that's all their drafts, but I think a vast majority are PPR. Okay. Maybe all. Okay. So, so what do you think about these ADPs? Duke Johnson, 
63rd overall, beginning of round six, just ahead of Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders. Perfect. Little too soon. Right where he belongs. Yeah, I agree with you. Perfect. Okay, would you take Eckler, Sanders, or Duke? Sanders, Eckler, Duke. Duke, Eckler, Sanders. Eckler, Duke, Sanders. <laughs> Wait, PPR? <laughs> yeah, PPR. yeah. Duke, Eckler, Sanders. Okay. Uh, a big drop between Duke and Eckler to Sanders. Singletary, 78th overall after Kenyon Drake and before Latavius Murray and Darius, Darius Geis. I think that's perfect. 79th overall, actually. Okay. That's a little early for me in PPR, but probably right about where I have him with the running backs. I think there's just a group of wide receivers that I prefer. But, like, I, I, is he going before Rashad Penny? Yes. Uh, he should. I'd be stunned if he was. I've got Penny. Yes, ahead of, well ahead of Rashad Penny in NFFC. Yeah. This is, you know, this is pretty incomplete data, but it's the best we can do because you can't look at season-long ADP with these guys. Their values have changed so much. So 79th overall for Devin Singletary. I, you know, I think I, I like that value. I think I go, like, I would, I would take him over to Recon. I, I would. I mean, certainly in non-PPR. Would you do I'd that, take Heath? take both these guys over to Recon. Like in non-PPR, I don't really have any interest in Tariq Cohen. Uh, but I obviously, I think I'm the low guy on, on Cohen. But in half PPR, who are you taking, Singletary or Cohen? Singletary. Cohen. Dave, you're taking Singletary. How, how about yeah, yeah, full yeah. PPR, Singletary or Cohen? Cohen. Singletary. Singletary. There's just a, there's upside with Singletary when he just Tons. wins that job. Is there upside on? with Cohen, too? Yeah, but... is, there, is there like top 12 in PPR upside? Yes, there is. Yes, absolutely. We've seen Frank Gore limp off the field once already this preseason. Maybe he is mortal after all. And maybe Singletary just falls into a big workload with a lot of catches. Hey, I have a question thinking about this. When was the last time a, and I, I don't know the answer, honestly, the last time like a true pass-catching running back who doesn't get a lot of carries had two really good fantasy seasons in a row? I just feel like it never happens, whether it's injury with like Chris Thompson and Shane. Okay, Green. so does James White qualify? I don't think he had two in a row. Well, the year before last, he was not bad. I can tell you where he finished in uh, in PPR. The year before last, James White was. But before you even say this, do you really feel like James White was like a roster stalwart, like a not, fantasy not starter good. two years ago? Okay, right. It just doesn't happen very often. Duke Johnson went from being a top. 12 or a top 15 PPR guy to not at all. So it just Shane Vereen, Chris Thompson, and some of it's been injury and that's just fluky. Like I think Chris Thompson probably would have been able to do it. I think Shane Vereen probably would have been able to do it, but these pass catching running backs, I don't know, man. It just, it just feels like Dion Lewis. i just feel like it doesn't happen two years in a row. And it's, it's hard to expect it for the two guys this year in terms of white and Cohen, because both backfields added guys. Yeah. And I, again, I, I want to be clear here. I'm not, I'm not expecting Tariq Cohen to do what he did last year. Right. I but don't. Still I like don't him. have him ranked in the top twelve. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but you have, do you have him ranked in the top twenty? Uh, twenty-one in PPR. Okay. All right. No, uh, totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. It's just something I sort of noticed. Uh, all right. And then what else? Let's see where Lashawn McCoy is going. Lashawn McCoy is ninety-sixth. Wow. So that's just ahead of Daryl Henderson and Rashad Penny. And after Matt Breida, like a round later than Breida. 96th for McCoy. That's, I think that's later than where Darwin Thompson was going. 
in recent drafts. What That's the end of round eight. Uh, Darwin Thompson was going in round eight in most drafts or nine. He, he went in round seven in one of the drafts I was in. I've got McCoy just a touch higher than that. But I've got him in round eight. I think that's where he belongs. It, listen, it's one. It he's because he looked like a slug last year, and because he's older, people don't view him in the same way. But it's very similar to what we were saying about Singletary. It's very similar to like the Justin Jackson. It's a lot of these younger upside running backs. I think it's similar to Singletary. McCoy could be a top five back this year. McCoy could be not worth rostering after four weeks. But I want to see. This, I agree with the round eight range. This one I just don't really believe. For what it's worth. I, this is why I'm a little skeptical of all this ADP. But Carlos Hyde, 148th overall. Like you got to take Carlos Hyde. Earlier I just than think that. That there's a lot of people that don't want anything to do with Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I I'm not sure that I think that's really that great okay. of a deal. Um, well, that's I good because then then it gives me faith in the ADP. I guess. Uh, yeah, I've got him in the 130s. I've got him in the 160s. Wow. Like, I don't I just, like Carlos Hyde, but he could fall into the end zone, couldn't he? Wouldn't you expect him to get get the short yardage work if anybody got it? He might score four or five touchdowns this year. Uh, how, like, And this could change this year as well, but how many touchdowns have been available to running backs in Houston the last three years? No, Lamar Miller has had, like, each of the last two years, he's had, like, five or fewer carries inside the five. So it's right. just he doesn't score touchdowns. And that is certainly a consideration. But a lot of people have said, and I get this, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson were on the same team last year, and Carlos Hyde played ahead of Duke Johnson. Why wouldn't it be the same this year? What is your response to that? It's a different coaching staff and a different offense. Hugh Jackson is not right. coaching the Texans. <laughs> He's next, though. That's who they're going to go get, try and get the complete set of uh, Browns and I have, running back. I'm sorry, I have Hyde projected over in terms of carries uh, with more than Duke. I wonder if they're going to call the Browns and say, hey, can we get Nick Chubb too? What, do you, what, what will that cost us? Maybe they'll give up three first-round picks for him after they give up two first-round picks for Tunsil. All right, I'm going to try to look up Will Fuller's average draft position on CBS real quick, but I can tell you on NFFC just from yesterday, it, Will Fuller is going 75th overall in between Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel at 79th is the next wide receiver. So I don't... I don't feel like that's too different from where he was going. Um, Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Sammy Watkins. That's the range right now for Fuller. Give me all of those guys over Fuller and many more. And that is pretty similar to, um, well, no, he's going lower than that on CBS, 89th overall. Robbie Anderson going 87th overall on CBS. That's pretty that's pretty good. Those are both there. good deals. Well, I think the NFC numbers you're looking at are probably PPR, and the CBS numbers you're looking at are mostly non I don't know. I think it's it's a it's everything on CBS. So uh, I don't. I'm not sure, but yeah, it could be. I mean, quarterbacks get pushed up on the on those leagues. That's probably a big part of it too. I bet if you compare NFFC to CBS and the first 80 picks and how many quarterbacks, gonna be a lot yeah. more on CBS. Yep. Um. Uh, okay. So is anybody still like excited about Will Fuller? At that ADP, I am. What eighty? Not excited. Seventy five, no. or are you excited? Yeah, seventy five is like round eight, seven, seven, early six, round seven, five. You know what I think about Will Fuller? I think he's awesome. And yeah, that, when and he that plays, matters. he's like an unbelievable flex. But weren't weren't his numbers not great when all three guys were healthy? Yes, with yes, very true. And that's that's my concern: is that you're going to see too many mouths to feed in this offense. 
Right, and that's a four-game sample size where he had, I think, only 19 targets, and I think QT had 30, something like that, and Hopkins had about 38. So what happens when all four guys are there? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the league MVP. I feel like the cream will rise, but that's just I I don't know what. Oh, you know, I can't and, imagine that he comes off the field. Uh, no, I'm not but saying his that. Target share goes down. I, look, and Duke Johnson's going to take targets too, right? So I get it. I just I think everybody's got their player that they might feel like irrationally in love with, and for me, I, it might be Will Fuller. <laughs> so if you're listening to my evaluation of Will Fuller, realize that. You don't have to be as high on Fuller as I am, and you can get him. Can you imagine later if Will Fuller went to the Giants? Oh, no, I would hate him. I'd, I'd hate him on the Giants. Are you kidding? He's not going to run slants all day. Although you put Daniel Jones in there, now we're talking. Kenny Stills can run slants. He can. That's why I put him in the slot. Uh, get, you know. Okay, so um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. You've now gotten three episodes of reaction to that news, oh, and this was fun. I love having all three of you onto the debate. Let's take another break here. When we come back, I, I will I will just read the results of some Twitter polls. I got some other news and notes. We got to talk about Melvin Gordon. Hello. Uh, AJ Green and more. I don't think we're going to get to league winners in each round, but uh, we'll be right back. All right, moving on here. Let me, let me read the results of some Twitter polls because um, I thought they were interesting. So Twitter poll number one, who is your favorite in half PPR? Josh Jacobs, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery. Who would you guys go with? Josh Jacobs, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery. Jones. Jacobs. I have Jacobs ranked the highest. All right, Jingleheimer yeah. Schmidt. Yeah, John, Jones, Jacobs, Jingleheimer, Schmidt are one and two. Jones got 32% of the vote. Jacobs, 30%. Damian Williams last at 17%. Montgomery, 21%. And he's last for me, too. Who is your favorite in half PPR? Duke Johnson, Devin Singletary, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde. Duke, Duke, Duke. All right, you're on repeat. It's that's no, that's the Cypress Hill version. Oh, okay. Dave, I thought, well, I'm an alley cat, so I'm saying a dirty rat. Dave, I thought Dave was broken. That's really funny what you're doing right now. Yeah, Duke is crushing it. 59%, Singletary 30%, McCoy 9%, Hyde 2%. Okay, thank you for I voting. I can't believe people voted for Hyde. Yeah. I don't know if it was just like the trolling. same people that keep reminding Adam that he was ahead of Duke Johnson last year. That ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. It's probably what Brian T. Smith from the Chronicle would say. Just dropping that in there. Um, <laughs> Heath, why do you have Kenyon Drake ahead of Damian Williams? You have him almost ten spots higher in PPR than Dave and Jamie. I have loved Kenyon Drake for almost all of the summer. There was he, a little stretch there where he's he your hurt, Will Fuller, and man. I didn't. He's your Will um, Fuller. I we talked about this yesterday. I don't. There are running backs, like you've mentioned with Joe Mixon, also with Marlon Mack, where you really worry when their team is behind if they're just going to be terrible. Um, Kenyon Drake is not one of those running backs. He might even be better when the Dolphins are playing from behind, and that's a good thing because they're going to be playing from behind all year long. (laughs) He does not need a ton of touches to be a top 20 running back. He showed us that last year. I expect he gets more touches than he did last year. And yes, the offensive line is bad, but I don't know how many times they plan on giving Kenyon Drake the ball and telling him to run between the tackles. I don't think that's going to be the game plan with Kenyon Drake. So I don't think it will affect him as much. Plus on all those screen plays, it'll be much easier because all the defensive players will have already beaten their five offensive linemen (laughs) and they'll be in the backfield. (laughs) Basically every play is going to look like a screen. Drake was 22nd in non PPR. 13th in PPR. The Dolphins, by the way, are losing 7-0 right now. Um, okay. Uh, how did the Ravens score? 
uh, Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown pass to himself. It was batted at the line of scrimmage, and he just got double the points. So that was awesome if you started Lamar Jackson. I, I By the way, you could please make fun of me if you want to, but I told someone on the radio show, I told a listener to start Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes in week one. Wow. I have him back-to-back in my ranking. Really? I- uh, I don't have that, but I do have Lamar Jackson ranked over Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Same. yeah. Yeah, I could see I've got it. him ranked ahead of everybody except for Watson, Mahomes, Wentz, and Cam. Yeah, he's third for me. <laughs> and I might, And I might even change my tune on Wentz just because I think the Eagles blow out the Redskins. I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, okay. Well, that we have plenty of time to talk about that. But, okay, I feel better about the decision now since sure. it's obviously questionable. Okay, news and notes. So let's see what we have not talked about here. Uh, real quick, is there a Dolphins wide receiver to pick up? Nope. Albert Wilson. Um, <laughs> yes. If you're desperate for a PPR receiver, Albert Wilson's perfect. I just, when you said Dolphins, my immediate answer is no. Right. Wilson's yeah. a good round 10 pick. What and about your boy? In the later rounds, if you first off, Devontae Parker should be drafted in a standard draft. Oh, I don't no. know about that. I, I think he's the number one wide receiver right now. I think you could. Outside. I think you could literally get him with your very last pick in every draft we do. And you could have done it in every draft. We if did. your draft goes more than fifteen rounds, yes, I would consider drafting Preston. Okay. Uh, how about Melvin Gordon and the situation for Melvin Gordon now? Did, did, have things changed, or you know, what do you think? Things have changed, but I don't know how to react to it. I don't think it's very likely that a team is going to give up a significant asset so that they can overpay Melvin Gordon. Um, so I don't know exactly what this trade thing means. I didn't move him. It means they're done. They said they're not going to renegotiate his contract this year. So he's either yeah, they're done with him. So when, when the initial report came out that they're going to give him the chance to trade himself out of town, I got excited over Melvin Gordon. and I moved him back into the round five range thinking, Oh, this is great. He's going to find a way out of town somehow, some way someone will trade for him. And then, Day and a half goes by. There's no trade. There's no nothing. And the Chargers aren't going to renegotiate with him. He's going to have to either. I think he's almost has to show up at this point because if he doesn't show up, he's going to risk his body for six games for less than like a million bucks after fines and all that other stuff. He doesn't care. He That's doesn't bad business. That's bad business for him. He, If I were him, I'd show up week one, but I'm not him. No one knows what he's going to do. So right back down he goes. At this point, I'm ready to take Eckler well ahead of Melvin Gordon. Well, Not did this, well ahead, did this move Eckler up for you? Do you still expect Gordon to, to play in week 10 or week 11, whenever it is? I don't know when. Yes. I, I, he's, I would, def, he's definitely playing his six games. I would, well, I would well, think he would. I, I, Who I knows? I shouldn't say that. He's definitely showing up for his eligibility to play six games. Yeah, I think Whether they to, play yeah. him or not remains to be seen. Right. Would you take Justin Jackson or LaShawn McCoy? Jackson. McCoy. I think I have McCoy ranked higher. Okay. Um, AJ Green is not on IR, but Cincinnati head coach. I'm sorry, I have Jackson ranked higher. It's very close. Cincinnati head coach Zach Taylor said the recovery is on schedule, but also quote, Green is somebody that we got to make a designation on right now and feel like we're going to get him back in the first eight weeks. Am I reading too much into that quote, or are you a little more pessimistic about? I, like he's going to be back in the first eight weeks, but are you a little maybe a little more pessimistic about his timetable, Green? I'm sticking with the timetable I've said all along, which is he's going to miss two or three games. He's going to have a game where he knocks the rust off, and then he'll be back. Okay. Um, Jadevian Clowney, Clowney to the Seahawks. That's for, like, nothing, basically. A third-round pick right. and two linebackers. That's a DST to stream in week one. 
Now, I don't think they're a streamer. No, I think that the what's see, their ownership percentage? I know? think they're a top. They, you might be right. They might have already been drafted. Ten. Well, no, I'm sorry. I was saying I think they're more than a streamer. I'm not sure if they're available or not, but I think you can pick them up and use them most weeks. Agreed. And they I have don't a, know if that defense is still I, before the Clowney edition. I don't know if that defense was very good, but now that he's it's there, still the I like the system. Him though they they cycle guys through. You're gonna get uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, the linebackers are awesome. Yeah, that's that rush without Clowney. I, it's not even worth talking about because now Clowney's there. But yeah, I mean Clowney's better as well. He's, he at least changes the whole dynamic for as them, Frank Clark. So yes. Uh, by the way, do you guys have Drew Brees in your top five in Week One? Top ten. Yeah. Um, Texas defense thinks. Yeah, like no Clowney, and he's at home in prime time. Yeah. Come on, he's gonna light it up. Uh, they're thirty-seven percent on the Seahawks defense. They get the Bengals at home in Week One. Uh, more news and notes. Let's see what's important here. So Cameron Artis Payne was cut. So if you own Montgomery, Jordan Scarlett, sorry, if you own McCaffrey, Jordan Scarlett is your handcuff. Jarek McKinnon's out Ugh. for the season. Theo Riddick is on IR, which can't be bad for Philip Lindsay. Uh, Alfred Blue is on IR. So what would you do if you're the Fournette owner? Right, well, pray to the fantasy gods that he stays healthy. And pick up. Does, if that does. happens, he's going to be amazing this They'll just bring Carlos Hyde back when he gets cut. <laughs> I, I think I think Armstead's the handcuff. If you do that kind yeah. of thing. I think you're right. I don't yeah. think and like the same thing with Carolina. Like if you really think Jordan Scarlett's gonna be any good compared to what McCaffrey is, then you can go and get Jordan Scarlett, but he's not gonna be. And I'm worried about Armstead being as good as Fournette if Armstead suddenly falls into that role. Not, you can handcuff if you want, but I don't think it's absolutely worth it no no but i i think you know we, we say that a lot we kind of poo-poo handcuffs because you know you, you don't want to waste a roster spot we poo-poo some handcuffs like jordan scarlet but if christian mccaffrey were to get hurt who would be one of the lead guys in the waiver wire column and who would we be talking about like all day on tuesday we'd be talking about jordan scarlet so it's not the worst idea in the world but yeah i like i i have i had our artist pain in one league i dropped him for scarlet I, that's a mile i'll tell you what it depends on the makeup of your running backs on your team. If your running back depth isn't good, but you've got Christian McCaffrey, then it makes sense. But if you've got McCaffrey and you've got like five other running backs that you're happy with, then you don't need Scarlett. That's the word. Need. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots released Demarius Thomas. There's some rumors that he could return. There are other teams that are interested apparently in Demarius. I saw that Denver was interested in bringing him back. Really? Yes. I saw the same thing. Trey Burton did not... Oh, uh, Russell Okung, the Chargers left tackle, is out for at least six weeks with, with a pulmonary embolism. Is this a big deal to you guys? Yeah, it it's hurts. not great. That line... I'm not sure how good that offensive line is. It's not. It was looking good, and now it's not so much. And uh, Trey Burton didn't practice. He's probably not going to play on Thursday against the Packers. We're going to preview that game on Wednesday, and the Redskins cut Josh Doxson last... I'm not sure you could draft Trey Burton if you were considering... You can't. Last week, Heath said that he, uh, I said the Redskins were trying to trade Josh Doxson, and Heath said he had a pair of socks in his drawer with a hole in them that he was trying to trade. And uh, Oh, what do you want for him? We <laughs> got the same thing. I, I got the same thing for my socks that Washington got for jo- Doxson. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you looking for for the socks, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I want to give a little programming announcement. All right, so. As you've been listening to this show, you know we do the Sunday Night Recap. You know we do Tuesday Waiver Wire. Wednesday's a kind of a fun, wacky trade show. Thursday is starter sit for the AFC home games. Friday, starter sit for the NFC home games, and we recap Thursday night. Um, we also preview the Thursday night game on Wednesday, just so you know. 
Then we have a Saturday mailbag. We record it on Friday, and we read your questions on Saturday. I think we are going to be adding a Monday mid-afternoon show. It's going to have some injury updates. It's going to have like an advanced stats segment where we kind of look at some things we don't usually get to talk about. We're going to make it different and hopefully helpful and kind of quick, probably like 30 minutes or something. Um, And for this week for our mailbag show, uh, so yes, you can email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I might throw some tweets in there. But also, I think, you know, I hate to keep hammering on this, but five-star reviews are really, really important in this industry. So if you can go to iTunes and leave a review, put your first name in there if you want, or I can just read your iTunes account name, and uh, leave a review, give us five stars, and ask a question, and I'll be reading a lot of those on the mailbag, which will air on Saturday. So thank you for for helping out there. Before I get to our final segment, which I haven't determined yet, (laughs) it's going to be one of two things. Is there anyone else that you're feeling better or worse about over the last few days? Worse about Damian Williams? No, other than the guys. We've well, other than guys about. that we've talked about. I have a few names if you'd like time to think about it. Go uh, ahead. I'd like time to think about it. I think that Keenan Allen is, and, and basically all the pass catchers, but Keenan Allen will benefit from Melvin Gordon's absence. Gordon was third on the team with 13 red zone targets. He was second on the team with eight targets inside the 10-yard line. He was a big factor in the passing game. I think Melvin Gordon being out is going to help Keenan Allen. I think it probably helps. I'm not sure it helps Keenan Allen because he's not used as much in that red zone role, but, and he was already going to get a ton of targets. He led Um, the team in red zone targets, by the way, but but he led the team in red zone targets, but barely ahead of Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think it might help Henry and Williams. I I, I think you're right. It helps everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It helps Philip Rivers. I am slightly nervous about Tevin Coleman. This is not a hot, t- like a fresh take. It's basically because Matt Breida is good. Um, I'd like, I wouldn't mind getting both of them, but I just, I, I'm, I feel better about Coleman because McKinnon's on IR, but I feel worse about him because Breida is going to certainly be involved. Understood. And I'm a little bit nervous about Julian Edelman. He played one possession and aggravated his thumb. Like what the hell? So that wasn't comforting. Oh, as long as it's not broken, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I I, I can't, can't say I'm doing anything I'm actionable. He played one possession. He hurt his thumb though. He hurt the thumb that he broke. All right, so maybe he just jammed it or something. Yeah, like I'm not you know theoretically moving him down, but it just I didn't want to see that. Okay, how about you guys? Anyone you're feeling better or worse about over the last few days? I'm gonna make you feel good, Adam. Oh, you feeling better about me? I f- no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel a little better about DK Metcalf. Than I did. What? I was shocked that Seattle cut Jerron Brown. That makes me feel like it's a little bit, they're not quite as concerned about Metcalf's injury. They are going into the year with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and like David Moore, who we don't know when he's going to play. So I'm feeling a little bit like you can't start Metcalf, but I'm feeling a little bit better about drafting him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anything else, guys? Give me one or two more. I don't really have any. All right. You know, following the fourth preseason game, there's not really a whole lot you can take away. I guess Josh Gordon. For the same reason, for the opposite reasons of why you said Edelman. It was good to see him out there. Uh, There were a couple times where he looked a little rusty, but a couple times where he looked really good. And now that there's no Demarius Thomas for now, I think that there's, I think that upside of a round five pick is looking pretty good. Okay. 
uh, Jamie, anything to add or shall we move on? No. Okay, let's do it. So 10 minutes left. I want to look at league winners in every round. Yeah, we're going to go real quick here. So <laughs> give me a league winner in round one. And what I'm going to go here with Heath, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to go with the Christian Yelich comparison. You may have picked him eighth overall or something like that. And yet he's performed like the number one player basically in fantasy. So who could be a league winner in round one? Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, let's just hypothetically, the Steelers don't have a huge decrease in their pass attempts. Ben Roethlisberger maybe wants to make a point to somebody that now lives in California. Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't have any problem with the double teams. I think he could challenge 200 targets, double-digit touchdowns, and lead receivers in just about every category. And I think if Julio Jones catches 10 touchdowns, he might be the most valuable wide receiver. Right. Too, you so. stole my guy, Adam. Okay. Let's go to round two, Dave. Then, you know, I, so much, like all the running backs in round two, basically. Todd Gurley. All the running backs in round two definitely qualify. But I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette, who I, I'm not sure if his ADP is round two, but he, I've seen him get taken in round two in a bunch, and I would take him in round two. If it, it's the if that everybody knows. If he stays healthy, he could be primed for a monster year. Why do I think that he's got a better chance to stay healthy now than before? No real reason other than he's actually okay now. He seems fine. This offense is going to be better. There is no running back that's going to take him off the field on third downs. At least we don't think so. And he's going to catch a lot of passes, get a lot of carries, work the goal line. There's there's unbelievable upside in him. And I I, I keep calling back to this point you made about Fournette a long time ago. He was a top 10 running back in his rookie season on yeah. 13 games. Mm -hmm. And he had like a seven, he has a 71% success rate in non PPR over the course of his career. He's, he's going to be good. And as long as he's playing, he's going to be in your lineup and you're going to be happy about it. Mm -hmm. And if he has the yards per carry jump that Melvin Gordon got, you know, and, and gets a better offensive line. Yeah. He could be awesome. All right, Jamie, let's go to round three. Uh, give me a league winner in round three. Todd Gurley? I put there? him in round two. Okay. Um, you know, you got you got Thielen, you got Aaron Jones, Devontae Freeman, Stephon Diggs, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson. Carson. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, just given what this offense is going to be still, the fact that he separated himself from Rashad Penny during the preseason and training camp, uh, the fact that he's healthy, you know, my, my concerns were Penny taking too much work from him and also the fact that he wasn't 100% with that knee. So, yeah, round three is a good spot for him. All right, I'm going to skip some names. They might, you know, they might not make the cut. But, like, David Montgomery, round four. Montgomery, Cooks, Lockett, Henry. Hate it. Hilton, Robert Woods, Michelle, Ingram, Galladay, Mack, Mike Williams. Mike Williams? I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at the NFC or the NFFC from the last day. Mike Williams going 48th overall. That's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Um, any league winners? Well, it it actually is happening. Like, it's, but it's not going to happen. No way. Mike Williams is not going 48th overall in anyone's he, drafts. He did go 48th it's, overall in many drafts yesterday. This is not going to happen. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, who stands out? Who's a league winner? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for Galladay. You can be hopeful for Galladay. It's getting a little bit harder to see because of all the all the options at Matthew Stafford's disposal in a team that wants to run the ball. All right. Well, well, okay. So Derek, he does Henry, have a thousand yard potential. He Brandon could have a year Cooks, like he did last year. Brandon Cooks, David Montgomery, Sony, Michelle, Mark Ingram, anybody? Where's Damian Williams? 
He's in round three, actually. But we could put him here. Let's put him here. Let's put him this round is four. A le- he's a league winner. No. Yes. Yes. No. Not because if LaShawn McCoy there. plays like he did the last two seasons, Damian Williams is going to have like more he opportunities. If he plays like he did the last two seasons, he's just a speed bump for Damian Williams. But right, exactly. If he plays like a he did the last two, se- last two seasons, he probably averages four and a half yards per carry because the Chiefs are a lot better than the Bills. Right, which means that Damian Williams would probably average closer to five yards per carry. And probably like seven, eight yards if per catch. If they're both getting all get that work, but Damian Williams is not a league winner. He's gonna he's he could be a league winner. Not if McCoy's healthy. Okay. But if McCoy McCoy not only has to be healthy, he's gotta be effective. Question, the Chiefs are gonna question. run him out there if he's averaging three yards per carry and Damian Williams is at five. If we've always sort of thought like that Andy Reid just uses one guy, do you think that's gonna change this year? The the indication is yes, after what he's done. And after what he said, he's gone back and forth on this. Now, maybe it's just Coach Beak and he's a lying liar. But I, I think the fact that he brought in LaShawn McCoy is, is a hint that he will use more than one back. You have Williams, who's going to get work. You have McCoy, who's going to get work. You have Thompson, who's going to get work. You have Tyree Kill, who's going to get touches in the backfield at some point. You have Miko Hardman, who's probably going to get some touches in the backfield at some point. It's going to be an annoying situation. All right, let's go to the next round. Mike Williams. Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore. So, I think I might just use CBS ADP. I'm not really thrilled with this ADP. Um, you, right. you, you just don't like it because it doesn't go similar to our rankings. But well, because I don't think it's going to go similar to our listeners' drafts, honestly. So I don't think it's that helpful. Um, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin. We're in round five now, 48 through 60, 49 through 60. Chris Godwin, Matt Ryan, Philip Lindsay. O.J. Howard, Calvin Ridley, Baker Mayfield, Evan Ingram, Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Tyler Boyd. I'll go There's out like on, three names. I'll go out on a limb and say one of the names that I don't think Dave was going to say, but I'm going to say Cooper Cup. That was the first name I was going hey. to say. Yeah, I, like if you look at what he did last year in the seven games that he played and was healthy. Um, or even like one of those games he left early. So you could say six games. He was on pace for just an absolute monster season. And it's not just that he was on pace for double-digit touchdowns. Um, he was trending towards 90 catches and 1,300 yards, and he has that connection with Jared Goff. He could, he could just be awesome, especially if the offensive line doesn't produce the type of rushing totals that they have the last two years, and Jared Goff has to throw a little more. We were asked by our editor, Chris Towers, to name the player who has the most to prove in week one, and I answered Todd Gurley because we haven't seen him. The last time we saw him play, he sucked. Hey, Dave, we haven't seen him in a preseason game. We have two minutes we, left, so I just want to— Okay, well, I'm just saying wrap, that if that run up. game stinks, and <laughs> there's got to be a chance that it does, Cooper Cup could end up being unbelievable. And who were the other guys? Um, Evan Ingram was one that stood out to me, and Chris Godwin was the other. Okay, and I, I Calvin Ridley to me, I mean— uh, he's close. He's real close. Potential. He could be. It's hard to be a league winner when you're the number two receiver on your fantasy team. Like Chris Godwell team. Unless you're we have a new quarterback in Indianapolis. Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer got a three year deal. Oh, they're going to play both guys. Right? Like McCoy. Three year deal. Um, right. well, by the they, way, they paid please, him a lot of money. That must mean he's got to play, right? People, please don't freaking criticize me for rushing the guys along. I, I, I have an out time, I have to get to it. So that's why I do it. All right. Next round, and it's not like a self-imposed one either. Kenyon Drake, James White, Jared Cook, Drew Brees, Austin Eckler, A.J. Green, Alshon Jeffrey, Hunter Henry, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Mike Williams, Josh Gordon. 
You went back to CBS ADP. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm on Michael CBS. Yes. Gordon. Gordon Eckler. is another. Gordon and Eckler. Um, and of course, that's Josh Gordon. Of course, Kenyon Drake. I don't think Josh Gordon's going to last 72nd overall. That's that's like uh you know too much ADP data. Let's, pick Let's find another site to use. No, he's probably a top top 60 pick. I'd say around 60th, and he still could be a league winner. Um, all right, what else? After Josh Gordon, we got Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, Andrew Luck. No, Jarvis Landry, Tariq oh. Cohen, Lamar Miller, D.D. Westbrook, oh. D.J. Moore. You Ron Burgundy it. Yeah, what are you? Like, I did. Well, yeah, yeah, I am Ron Burgundy because I'm. I I'm think rushing. this is a good time to end the podcast. D.D. Westbrook. Hey, guess what? My favorite player got to go by. What do you mean? Why are you leaving? I didn't say the show was over yet. Why did he just leave? Uh, no, I'm not done yet. Uh, All right, <laughs> I guess I'm done. I guess I'm done. Lamar Miller is going to win your league in round six. Na 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 na. na, 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 na. na, na, na.